What up, what up, what up, y'all? It's your boy, the maid, Eddie, your name, Ace Five from the Star Five Podcast. And what I need y'all to do right now is hit up the Star Five Podcast.com. And right on that homepage, click that link that says become a patron. Because for as little as a dollar a month, you can help support this show that you love so much. And also, we have other opportunities within our Patreon account to where you can advertise with us for as little as $10 a month, where we'll shout you out every episode or for $20 a month we will give you a separately recorded advertisement promoting whatever you like and for $40 a month you'll get everything that the $20 tier gets you plus you get to produce a segment on our show so make sure you hit up the starfireshow.com and hit that patreon link now To the diamond, to the track, to the big skin flying round the field, starting five forever, keeping it real. If it matters in the world of sports, world of sports, jeans and long sleeves, they taking no shorts, no hot the depth. Oh yes, these other sports podcasts live as a pro's corpse. This market wave is starting five goes off, goes off. No matter who you cheer for, emotions out the window. They analyzing with clear thoughts, clear thoughts. They take it way deeper than the boys ever, boys ever. No longer got any use for the four letters. The latest news, score stats and a view from the sideline. Ain't no guideline, it's just the truth, just the truth. Yeah. No need to dig for a part in line. It's always in season to keep the start five, start five. We going in on three, run the baseline, start five, get it. We got what you we need. Got what you if the sports news you see, we don't waste time. We talking cause we live it. We got what you we need. Got what you yeah. need. We're going in on three. Run the baseline. Start five. Get it. We got what you we need. Got what you need. And y'all know me. Seven sign. I'm the hellest cat spit. I got what you need. I got what you need. What's up, y'all? Thank you for tuning in to the Star Five Podcast. What I need y'all to do now is hit up the startingfivepodcast.com. That's where you'll be able to find all of our podcast streaming links, our Instagram, our merch link. You can even become a patron right at the front page. And also, you can leave us a voicemail at 929-352-6219, and we'll play your voicemail on the next episode. New episodes released every Thursday. Does it say up in the corner live? Yeah, live on Facebook. Yes, is live on Facebook. Yep. It is. No, we looking like fools. We looking like fools starting out the live, looking crazy like this. <laughs> everybody, everybody got their old person swagger. Like, oh, how does this thing work? How does this work? Anyway, y'all, what up, everybody? This your boy, the mayor. That DJ named Ace Five. Your mom's favorite fat guy, all the way from deepest, darkest Africa. Take a look. <laughs> so you might have seen a zebra. Actually, it's not that hot out here today. But anyway, you're back with the newest episode of the Starting Five. As always, please check out the Star5Show.com. Like our homie uh Janelle did. I believe that's how you pronounce his name, Janelle Harris. 
who happens to be, and I gave this, I left this as a surprise to y'all, our first patron to the Star and Five podcast. So big ups to him. Um, we got to work it out. So next week you'll get all the other things that we included in the Patreon thing because I didn't dig and look any further because I was just crazy today and coming home and having to run around, do other things. So my bad, my brother. But thank you for you to be in the first patron of the group. Make sure you hit that merch link. As always, support the show. Buy a couple T-shirts. Uh, don't do like the big brother down at the bottom and he could go get the prize that he won that he still hasn't shown us yet. But we'll talk about that later. <laughs> first and foremost, we got to talk and say hello to the first lady of the show. Hi, everyone. It, it's been, as everyone knows, a crazy day, not just in our, not just in my personal life, but in, in the media. Um, shout out to everyone here. Uh, shout out to everyone who's coming on to the live. Shout out to Force True Radio Network giving me my start. And of course, last but not least, shout out to the starting five, Dan the Mayor. Um, it's great to be on back on Wednesday, although these, the topics we're discussing are going to be a little, um, well, not good, but it's no, great to be here. <laughs> we, go, we go in there today. We go in there today, as always. Yeah. But uh, next up, I happen to be a little bit more lit than this brother this week. <laughs> Yo, what uh, uh, that's a hard achievement to accomplish, Mr. Mayor, but what's good. Uh, shout out to our guest today, Mr. J, Mr. Green, and of course, the First Lady. Um, like you said, it's going to be a heavy show today. A uh, lot to get off our chest and uh, speak on, so I'm looking forward to this. And jumping right in. How y'all doing? We good, we good. Good, good. Next up, JP, who doesn't have his camera on, so that means you must have zeked your beard today. What's going on, good brother? <laughs> yeah, I'm going clean shaven, brother. Clean shaven. Nothing on me. The beard is gone. The thrill oh, is gone. Okay, you didn't get zeked up. You know how to see. All he did is take that lace front off. You know, nah. how funky, you know how funky my beard, you know how funky my beard was. So, you know, I, I, I had to trim it off this, this day. It took me an hour to do it, but I had to trim it off. Looking like Frederick, brother, Frederick Douglass' stepbrother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? You better stop, Mark Jackson. I told you about that. Stop. <laughs> I got a good job. <laughs> I got a good job. I'm trying, this, I'm trying to put this camera on the phone though, but I'm not using the audio on, on the um, yeah, on, on the phone though. Yeah, this is gonna take all you good, all good. But one of the first laughs you heard, the one of the returning guests, brother Hambone himself, mm. big Turk, big turkey. <laughs> Mine, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, man. <laughs> right. At least we're not calling you the Will Payne of the show no more. Yeah, right. That's what you still Sam singing in that bathroom for Joe Clark. But well, it's all <laughs> <laughs> that's cold blooded, man. That's cold. Yo, the sword oh. is sharp. <laughs> hey, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. With the good brother shaking his head in the next on, on the other side of Sammy, 
black Superman tonight <laughs> with the silver logo matching the beard. What's up, everybody? <laughs> Appreciate y'all having me on again. <laughs> I ain't got no dance? jokes for nobody. <laughs> I don't want none of y'all going in on me. <laughs> That's what I said. One of these days when we all get up, y'all going to probably swing on me just because. Like, I remember what the fuck you just said. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I mean, we're all doing all right. So no get, no need to get into how we're feeling. Let's get right into these topics. Man. We got, uh, hmm. We got some interesting shit this week. Unfortunately, we're going to have to talk about, again, another shooting. This time, fortunately, it did not uh, lead into a death by the hands of the police. But it's uh, somebody's got to mute their uh, mute their computer while they watch the live. But, yeah, man. Um, first off, man, let's start off with – let's start off with a little bit of New York radio. Yeah. If y'all didn't, didn't see, and I'm going to pull it up on my screen now, Hot 97, not really much an on-air personality, but former guy who was behind the scenes, Patty Duke, he's known as Patty Duke on the radio, Pasquale Rasucci was his name. He got fired by Hot 97 this, uh, just the other day, a couple days ago. Because he was seen in a documentary, Storming Over Brooklyn, that highlighted the tragic details surrounding Yusuf Hawkins' death back in the day. Back in the, I think it happened in 89. Um, I didn't get a chance to see the documentary yet, um, but I heard it was a pretty good documentary as a whole. Um, but uh, it's, 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 the whole thing is interesting to me because this is one of those like, wow, it took so long for something like this to come out. And you know how we all talk and we all say, we wish, no, we're glad that we grew up in an era that didn't have cell phone cameras. Didn't, you know, so where there's no tweeting for world star, this, that, and the third. But yet this guy got caught over 20 plus years ago now, maybe not even 30, I would say, right? No, my math off, almost 30. Sammy, you're talking on oh. mute. What was that, 89? 89? Yeah, 30. That's 31 years ago. That's right. There you go. So oh. Got caught almost 31 oh. years ago. Almost 30. Or, almost. Yeah. And... You got caught because you were seen either on picture or on video in a documentary being amongst the crowd of guys who was harassing Yusuf and his friend who, as I remember the story as I was listening to something today, was they went out to that part of Brooklyn, which at the time was, if you ain't from there, you don't go there. Just like most other neighborhoods, you ain't from there, you don't go there. But the friend was going to buy a used car, and Yusuf went with him. They said how the story went down was there was one of the guys uh, who was involved in it. His sister was dating some dude, black guy. Mm -hmm. 
went back to the neighborhood and was saying some junk like, "Yo, I'm gonna get there's I'm gonna there's gonna be my boyfriend and like twenty other different black dudes gonna come down and kick y'all asses." And so, case of mistaken identity, these two young black dudes went down to this neighborhood. They was going there with the intentions to do this. I think it was they had their intentions to do what they did. They start the beating up on them. Then four shots ring off. Yusef is killed. And again, Patty Duke, high 97 radio personality. Well, he, he was a personality because people knew who he was. You heard him on radio, commercial drops and things like that. Now lost his job because he was one of the kids amongst that crowd. So this is crazy. This is, this is crazy. But hey, so be it, unfortunately. And then what I found interesting, he too also was, got hit with like, eight charges. What I found crazy about it, too, was was like, yo, like. I remember like I was connected to him, but not connected to him, like I never met him, didn't get to know him. My father worked with his stepfather and back in the day. His stepfather used to give him bags of promo CDs all the time from the radio station that he always left at the house and gave to me. And so I told my father that story. He was just like, like, what? Like, like on some like, holy shit. But hey, so be it. You get caught out there in racist activities, doing racist things, and you, eventually you'll pay the price. And this is his eventually pays the price. So TJ, being the fellow New Yorker, and then whoever else wants to follow up after TJ, sound off on this. Yeah, well... Uh, when I was reading the article about him getting bagged, I didn't know he actually got charged with eight counts and was convicted. But, um, you know, this is, like you said, 31 years ago, background checks weren't prevalent at that time. People weren't getting into other people's business like that. He probably started off as an intern or something like that, so really nobody questioned it. So for it to come out, people are trying to hold Hot 97's feet to the fire for it. You don't know. You don't know. You just don't know. At that point in time, uh, things are not as the interview process is not was not as in depth as it is in this point in time in this day and age. So, I mean, when they found out, they did the right thing immediately. Um, like Dan said, you know, this wasn't the age or era of the cell phone. So, you know, if you needed a reference or Anything, you could easily just put your boy up or you know, and and boom you got a job so um what is astonishing to me is this dude worked at a, a hip-hop radio station for pretty much half a decade a quarter you know 25 years or whatever and was involved in an incident like, like this like the the irony of it is ridiculous it's just like dude like a few months ago or a few years ago, you were running down this black dude in the street, contributing to his murder, and now you work for pretty much a, a black radio station. And you're in the culture. You're like deep in the culture. You know famous, you know legends in, of hip hop. And these people didn't know your past either. Like, how do you sleep at night? How do you sleep at night? I'd be looking over to my shoulder for the rest of my life if I was this dude, for real, because this is, that was insane, insane. And for him to get charged and convicted on it is even crazier. 
So I'm just I'm just shocked. They added charges to him too behind this. Yeah, he got he got aggravated. Yeah, he got he got convicted of aggravated assault and and carrying a weapon or something like that. I was just reading an article about it today. Yeah. Jamal is he's done. He's done so on this one. Mm-hmm. Jamal, you hear me? Oh, okay. I, I can't your audio is low. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Yeah, there's um sorry, there's audio. I I could barely hear you, Dan, but go ahead. Go ahead, Jamal. No, that that was wild. I mean, I I, I know the the filmmaker, uh Muta. And so when I saw this, um and I saw the interviews, and I didn't immediately connect that that was who that was, you know. Because I mean, I'd be honest, with you, I ain't listened to Hot 97 in a minute, you know. Um, but I knew who Patty Duke was just from the stuff with Angie Martinez, and I didn't connect the two. And then when I heard that, I was like, my first instinct was like, how the hell did he work there and nobody knew? This is a big conglomerate. Company. There's no, there's no background check, nothing tricked. He got charges, so something, something could have, should have tricked off. But you know. Again, uh, going going back, yeah. It, at that time, it, the, maybe the background check wasn't as uh, you know uh, intensive as it is nowadays. So, but they tossed him out. Hopefully, he's blackballed. You know, no pun intended for the rest of his life. And you know that's it. But I mean, it's like you know, and the funny thing is, I know dudes like that who who uh, 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 into the culture. And now, switch it up, and it's all right wing and crazy on some other shit. Yeah, well, we we're kind of going through that among, amongst uh, a number of the groups that we're in right now. Oh yes, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's that's one of them. But, uh, but... <laughs> I had to delete a lot of stuff that never made it. Yeah, I think we losing. Them. I know it's for that case. Did they bring these charges up now, or did, or were they from back then? No, from back then. No, from back then. Oh, okay. So, oh, so he, oh, so if the, if them charges got cleared or whatever, probably before he got got to the station, he them them charges probably got sealed up. Ah, uh, you you that could be the case too. Yeah, that could be the case too. But like I said, if he started as an intern, because that's where how most of those kids got started on Hot ninety seven. Are you really doing a background check on an intern? No. You thinking he's a college student? You know what I'm saying? He's a college student coming out of school, wanting to get into the entertainment business or the radio business. And, you know, it was like, all right, you know, we just need to really see a transcript and some grades. You're on mute. <laughs> oh, I can't. And maybe a couple of recommendations. I don't know. It's just, that's just crazy. Katara, um, I mean, I, well, you said you was in Connecticut. Yeah. How long, yeah. Ago, how long ago did you leave Connecticut? Because I left. Connecticut. Yeah, I left. Yeah, My I left. son's 20 now, and we left when he was like one. But I, I'm familiar with Hot 97, uh, you know, Angie Martinez, not uh, Patty Duke. I didn't know him, you know, obviously. Well, he's a guy, he's a guy that, like, if you didn't, 
know people behind the scenes or if you wasn't listening every day, like you would you would hear him occasionally because he used to sometimes work the boards. I think he probably worked in promotions and I would have to look up further to know where exactly he was along the lines, but he definitely worked heavily under uh, Angie Martinez back in the day. Right, right. Yeah, I'm familiar with her. And, you know, that was, uh, you know, even in Connecticut, that was a very famous station. And and like you guys mentioned, uh, predominantly, who listened to it, predominantly black and brown people. Um, my question, well, not my question is, okay, so I didn't know he was charged. I thought they just saw him in a thing. But, okay, one, he was charged. Okay, well, I guess you don't do background checks on... Um, interns but i watched i didn't watch the um documentary but i saw the, the trailer for it and one of the guys that was is in jail is talking about well it wasn't a race thing um so they're still denying it that's the that's another problem that i'm having with this this is what you mistaked him for another person first and foremost uh number one uh number two Another issue that I have is, okay, uh, now you're confronting this random guy who's just trying to buy a car, number one. Number two, uh, you see, you have, um, sorry, doing 10 things at once. And, 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 and then he's in this group and, and you know, my, this, my psychology days are kicking out when I read this because now he's, now you're in a group think that's you know we i don't know if everyone remembers what group think was but that's what happened with the bay of pigs the titanic all that you know you're in a group think and you're not thinking straight so now you misinterpret some guy who's just buying a car and and giving your 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 territory not your to your neighborhood some money now you're killing this innocent vibe because it's some black person it is a race thing. And for him to want to even apply to this radio station after doing all of this, I can understand if he went and he apologized, or maybe he did. Did he help get, he helped get all these other people addict, uh, um, convicted? But even still, you're still, like you said, how do you sleep at night? Now you're engrossed in our culture or our, our part of our culture, because that's hip hop and that's us. We started that. Now you're thinking everything's okay. What, I just, like you said, this is, this is yeah, he needed to be fired as, you know, and he, I'm glad he was. And, and, and background checks are, are, are yeah. I know that if any of us were get hired back at that time, even as an intern, we would have had a background check. So you know what, that's on them. Um, I know John had mentioned a point earlier when we, we first brought this, this thing came up and it's like, who now, now, you know, who it's, it's a question of who knew or who didn't, but who saw that video? The police saw that video, okay, number one. Well, again, that goes back to actually, that goes back to not doing a proper background check. Um, it's just, that's a mess. That That's just a mess, that, in my opinion. You know, certain ways, certain places, but just on a slight devil's advocate side, because I'm not really trying to uh, 
champion him right now, but people can change. And that's one of the issues that I have within this era to where if you did something, you said something, no matter when you said it, no matter when you did it, you're always that person. You can never be seen as something else and you can never be forgiven. Now, a situation like this, I can understand not being forgiven. I can I can totally understand not being forgiven in a situation like this. You know what I'm saying? But um but I mean maybe at the time maybe he was on like a okay, I got away with it so let me change my life. Or maybe he genuinely at that time was just like, yo, that was my past. That's no longer me. But still when the truth comes out so be it. My point, which you were saying, Dan, Dan, that maybe he has changed and he could be forgiven, but I don't hear anybody saying he spoke out on the issues for black folk with all the shit that was going on at Hot 97. So I think, you know what I'm saying, he he was just sliding under the radar as much as he possibly could and it just caught up with him. You know what I'm saying? I think you're a mute. Not on mute. I say, yeah, no, true indeed. And and I agree. But again, do we always have to hear from everybody when it comes to situations? We don't. He wasn't wasn't an on-air personality. But I'm totally with what you're saying. I'm just speaking on a, think from a, thinking on a different side thing. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. But right. I, you know, but but I, and again, I'm not trying to give him the benefit of the doubt either. I'm just speaking on the on a different side. That's all I'm trying to do right now. Hey. But hey. So be, what was you gonna say, guitar? No, I, I think no, I, um I can yeah, um, people can yeah, change, people don't can get change, me wrong. Don't. I think what if 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 this was something like a um um, if this, if he worked somewhere else, like let's say it was a country radio station or a radio station that, that, well, predominantly white people listen to, or some business that, that really has nothing to do with us in a way, it, you know, it's one that's different. It's, it's hard because it's like, you're, you're, like you said, we, he's with all these powerful people that are helping the, our culture and not to say anything. Granted, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard. That, that past, you know, our past should not keep us, because we all, we didn't do that, but we all done some silly stuff, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, you have to be, you're in, you're, you're on, the, you're in the media, so it's different. If this is just like a regular business and he's like, a, you know, he, he grew in that business as, you know, uh, he went from the mailroom to, to a manager, uh, you know, that, that's something different. But th- this, this type of radio of what they're on, this type of work thing, it's, it's, it's a little different. Um, we can forgive just as Harry out. We can forgive what he did, but that doesn't mean he gets to keep his job. That's, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true indeed. And I mean, and too, well, if the whole mass was beaten, then he probably was involved in that too. He might not have just been a bystander. If, if he had eight charges, TJ mentioned, 
uh, if he had eight charges brought up on him, that doesn't mean he was a bystander, in my opinion. Right. You know, I'll, I GTJ dropped the link. I'll uh, I'll look at that later because if I if I had my computer working right, then I'd have been able to pull it up. But uh, we need Stephen Hawkins to get off mute too. To uh, he's talking to himself right now. TJ, you're you're on mute, hun. He's talking to himself. So he got three. He got three counts. Um, he got charged with eight lesser counts, of which three included counts of unlawful imprisonment, four counts of menacing, and criminal possession of a weapon. So okay. he got convicted so, on those charges. So, so literally, so it's, it that literal literally could also mean he was just there with a bat standing by, and when they rounded up everybody, right? Yeah. So I that's mean, the defense he made yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's you know it's a, it's it's touchy. We're not we're not lawyers here to dig any further into the case. It just had to be brought up because you know this is you know Yusuf Hawkins' case. To my understanding, like I was familiar, but I wasn't fully familiar. And but I've always known that it was a big deal. I just never dug further into it. And this helped me dig a little bit more now i i'm a because i'm a documentary lover now i have to watch this documentary to further dig in to see more and and understand and learn more and maybe i maybe i'll point his face out too <laughs> that's how high 97 did it fire his ass hey dan <laughs> you know hey dan yeah yeah i was going to say about this um i was going to score chime in on what y'all were saying about patty duke stuff this incident happened 31 years ago. But you're not going to tell me within those 31 years that nobody at that radio station didn't know about his past between now and then. Everybody knows something about somebody's past. Everybody has skeletons in their closet that he could dig up on you. So somebody at, that radio, somebody at that radio station had to know what was going on. And as far as forgiveness and changing, the only person who can, who should, who, who really should be talking about forgiveness as Yusef Hawkins' mother. She's the only one that can forgive, really forgive this man for what he did to her son. And she's not ready to forgive. Well, yeah, well, for, for what he was a part she, of. Exactly. He you can't forgive for this. About changing and stuff, that won't bring him back. That that no, young brother uh -huh. was lynched. Yeah, young, no question. No, no, question. no, I'm not arguing with somebody, but I'm just saying, no. That yeah. young brother was lynched. And, you know, for him, and you know, for, for for him, there is no forgiveness for that when you kill somebody. You're not, you cannot bring him back. I remember Yusef Hawkins, Yusef Hawkins like it was yesterday when it happened. And it was outrageous. It was anger. In some ways, it was for all, for us who were coming up in that age. I was, what, 16, 7, I was 17 at the time. Same age as him. It was like, it was, that was like our, our um, Emmett Till for us. Right. You know, right. and, and you know, the, um, the pain of his death, death was, it, it, it was, I can remember how angry, angering and how angry we were at the time when, 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 when his death happened. Yeah. You know, but hey, Patty mm -hmm. Duke, Patty Duke mm -hmm. had to go and riddance to you, and you don't need, need to deserve a, deserve a damn job, and that's why everybody can't be invited into hip hop, everybody can't be invited to barbecue. It's like Jamal said. Some of them white people that we know listen to hip hop with us would be the same ones that would be conservatives and turn against you later on. I'm not saying all, but I'm saying some of them. We gotta tell the damn truth, just like Jamal just said. Yeah, this is true, but I'm not gonna 
I'm still not going to be the one to cast shade on everybody and look at everybody. I didn't say cast shade on somebody, but I, I am going to cast. I, I am going to cast shade on those people who sit up there and use this culture for what it is. You love our culture stuff, but you don't love us. Yeah, I'm you not casting on everybody, uh, Dan. Also, I'm actually speaking about people that's on my friends list right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we might doing share, stuff. We might mm-hmm. share some. Hey, Jamal, I'll call out black and white on there. Yeah, they'll call out some of you Negroes too on there too. Yeah, don't play no games. Let's go. People I know who is uh, <laughs> trying to do rap videos and get their career off and stuff like that and whatever and uh, you know, the folks, you know, in uh, my industry that I had met, and then now just talk, talking some slick shit. And I never deleted the, the racists on my timeline. I never deleted them because I need to see what people are saying. You know? <laughs> like that. I, I like I need, that. I, need, I never deleted none of them from, from the time before the last election all the way up to now. And I was like, man, was, you know, again, I just realized one, how many people were, I was the only black friend, right? And two, eh, they didn't like black people, they liked me. And that's right. and, and it's coming out. And I see and I was like, wow. Why wow. it's just every day you see more and more just don't say like wow. Just yeah. stuff that just blatantly you know, I, I don't kill nobody for their opinion, but they're just blatant racism. Yeah. You, just, you know, just I can't. just to yeah. just to cap this off so we can move on, like I am in total agreement with doing that. I've really only, I've removed only a couple people from my friends list, you know, some because, some because, I'm not even going to mention, no, JP knows exactly what I'm talking about, I'm not even going to go there with that one, um, one of them was a dude that I played football with who was a cop, who was Puerto Rican, but because he was a cop, he was so ingrained in cop speak, cop mentality, and so anything that was going on in society with people of color, he wasn't seeing that. All he was seeing was his brothers and sisters in blue, and that's it. And I had to remove the dude. Great guy. Great person. It's a football brother of mine. Mm -hmm. I just can't take you on the internet no more. But other than that, you got to sometimes keep those people around because, one, it's educational. Yes, it's absolutely. educational and you get to learn. It's always it's always great to learn. But two, but two. Keep your enemies you get close. To, you get to it's not even that though. You get to just see whose true people's true colors are. 100%. And then now if yep. you do go around them, if you choose to, you know how to move accordingly around them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm with you on that, man. I'm with you on that, man. But let's get on to some other shit. We got to go to the NCAA real quick, uh, and um, we're gonna we're gonna go here real quick because ESPN posted this about a week or so ago. Division One sports they made some changes to their rules in respects to protect athletes during this COVID process. We all know there's a co- bunch of conferences that are not playing games uh, in the fall. They're going to turn around and play games in the, in the spring, possibly for some of these schools. Some of these schools aren't going to play games at all. And so the NCAA instated these couple things that we have here. I tried to dig further into it, but all I could see was football rule updates, and I couldn't find much on this as the agreements were made. 
can't require student athletes to waive their legal right regarding COVID-19 as a condition of participation. Can't cancel or reduce scholarships if a student athlete decides not to participate because of COVID-19. And then working towards scale back fall championships in the spring. So that's just stating that, hey, Big Ten and Pac-12, they might play together, play against each other for a championship. The biggest thing on there, Sammy J, you being the college professor you are, gonna go to you because you you know you're in the not in the world, but you're in the world. The biggest thing is the kids not being able to lose their scholarships because they opted not to play for COVID reasons. Your thoughts? Um, I think it's a good thing, and I think it's about time the NCAA actually does something to benefit um, their employees, if you will. Um, it's, it's very good. That you said it right. You said it right. Employees. They're not, they're not being kicked off of campus. They're not losing their scholarship because at the end of the day, this COVID, it, one of the main, many pandemics that we're facing in this country is real and spreads rapidly. You know, and I, I see firsthand how this virus spreads on a college campus. So that's very nice of the NCAA to do that. I mean, it's only the right thing to do and to begin with. So yeah, I'm very, hats off to the NCAA because they they have a very negative reputation, which is very fitting for them and how they operate. But this this is very good. And I'm actually really impressed that their leadership came to this decision. Yeah, true indeed. I'm like I'm thoroughly impressed to be honest with you. Is is mainly because of because of, you know, the not getting rid of scholarships and pretty much okaying the athletes to say, Hey, I don't feel safe out there because of the virus. I wanna back out. JP, you know how much we've ragged the NCAA over the years. Right. They get a little props for this one. Yeah, they do. They they did something right. This um, COVID's nothing to play with. People were getting sick every day, and um, I'll just say is very rarely will I do this. But kudos to the NCAA for um, picking lives over money. How wow! How strange <laughs> is that? Yeah, it is. It is rare, especially for us too. It's definitely rare to say that because we've had full episodes over the five years we've been doing this show about how bad the NCAA is. We, we've, we've put our foot in their asses. Now, if they felt them, I don't know because, you know, we're still small time in it. But we, we getting there. We getting there. <laughs> we getting there. We getting there. We, we, climbing up that, we climbing up the mountain. There you go. But big ups to NCAA on that one. Next up. Because Katara really wanted to go in on this one. JP brought brought the video to our attention via the via the our our group chat. We gotta go to Masai Ujiri. And mm. in, in this video right here. I don't know if y'all be able to hear it. I don't even think there's audio. Yeah. Oh. See it. That's the thing, you. Oh, yeah. Right, there, yeah. And you see right there, right where I stopped it, that was where he produced his badge to show that he was staff, you know, pretty much staff of the Toronto Raptors to get on the court. Uh, 
after they won. I think that was when they won the title. And that was the police officer that was playing, doing security or security guard, whatever he was, run a cop, whatever you want to call him. That was the person who pushed him, as we saw clearly on his body cam footage, no, no less. But he was the one saying he was threatened, he was hit, and all this other bullshit because scared of the black man. Yeah. yeah, and and okay, because when I saw this, it was like, what, this happened last year, right? Yeah, I saw, when I first saw this, we, we saw videos, we saw from the um, spectator videos. We also saw, saw from the backstage where he saw the last few minutes of the game, or last few seconds, you see him take out his badge and said, okay, let's go up to the front. You know, just walking towards the front. You see that because the cop was saying, oh, well, he was trying to bully his way. No, he wasn't. He was show, and then, you know, he should, he had his badge out and ready. So he's walking, Pat walking, he sh you see him show him, start to show him the badge. He pushes him back. He pushes him back twice. That's when the audience around, the spectators around them say, you know, let him through, let him through. That's the, the owner. That's the problem. And, and he Team made, president. Huh? Team president. Team president. Okay. Um, and he made it worse. The cop made it worse. He could have been like, it, when that all came out, he could have been like, you know what? It was a mistake on my times. Let's move on. No. Now he's saying he went to the hospital and, and, and if you're going to the hospital, it's because people were trying to get you to, to let him through. It had nothing to do. He didn't do anything to you. And that's the problem I'm having. This is clearly another sign of racism. You see a black, and he's confident because he's the president. Okay, they just won. You see a black man walking confidently to where he needs to go, and you're trying to stop him. That's all this was about. And, and for him to even keep up this lie and then get his boss, the sheriff, to say, well, yeah, he pushed him, and na 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 That's the problem I'm having with this. You, you, and, and not only that, the he, they're from, this is, you know, this could, could have been turned into an international disaster. You know, they, they, this is Canada. You, you, no, it, it actually happened in, uh, that was the Warriors home stadium, home right. arena. But they're from, but his, their team is from Canada, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah you're creating problems, an international problem. It's, for what? Because your feelings are because you don't think he deserves to be in that area. That doesn't even make any sense. That's the right. problem I'm having with that. Yeah. But Jamal, I think I heard you as the one going, "Whoa, whoa, whoa!" Like, what was your thoughts behind finally seeing that? Didn't um, the security guy uh, have a lawsuit against injury as well? Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. So, why is this guy still employed? If in the one thing that gets me the most is when these people in authority give false testimony and a video comes out and shows that it was a straight lie. People need to not be employed there anymore because the job you, you, you perform requires, uh, requires honesty above the average individual. And if they, and uh, if you would lie like that, what else have you lied about? We can't take that chance. You got to question everything else they've done. And so why does this guy still have a job? Number one. Number two, that's just it's straight out. It's assault and racism. You know, and he, 
and we get we get the, the video to, to to prove it, and then you had the nerve to 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 uh, file a lawsuit. On top of that, that's a threat to the brand, not only the the, the team's brand, but the NBA. There's people who go to those games, and now you're going to be employing brutes, racist brutes. I, I'm just saying, you know. Like Katara was saying, not only was he a black man, he was a well-dressed black man, okay, in a suit and tie. And sometimes right? he wasn't that's dressed scarier. like a fan. He wasn't dressed like that's a fan. Scarier. The thing that bothered me, he never even bothered to ask for the credential. No. He never even tried to see when he was pulling it out, even if he was allowed to, to even be standing where he was standing at. He went straight defense mode. Like, what was the threat? It was the NBA Finals game, and you're at you're 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 practically courtside. Most of the people that are courtside are either corporate or family and friends at that point in a game in a final game of an NBA Finals. So obviously they know either a person or player there. All you had to do was all he had to do was ask for the credential. Mm -hmm. That's all he had to do. But which like, he was trying to give him. Yeah, but he didn't want to hear it. He was trying to give him. He didn't. He, he didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to hear it. He didn't want to see it. And he, like, like Jamal said, I mean, where's the level of professionalism at? Where's the respect? Like, do your job. Just do your job. Nobody's asking you to go above and beyond and be a hero. There's no reason to be a hero. It's an NBA game. It's an NBA Finals game. You know, this ain't malice at the palace. This was a <laughs> finals game. You know JP, I think so. So I for him, it was just ridiculous. Yeah, you got the Stephen Hawk. You got the Stephen Hawkins going on tonight, TJ. <laughs> now, JP, I was gonna say, like, maybe, maybe. I mean, even though this dude was pulling out, he was pull. You know, Masai was pulling out his credentials, but this guy, rent a cop, he probably was thinking like. Oh, uh, this rich nigga here trying to just get on the court. Like how Kevin, remember how Kevin, like Sammy, you remember how Kevin Hart tried to do when we won the Super Bowl? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I remember that. I remember that dude was like, nah, man. He was like, nah. But um, first off, number one, the man had his credentials. He's getting ready to it out. Obviously, he was somebody important. You, matter of fact, you should even know who he is. You should know who that man is. And he was the general manager of, of, of the Toronto Raptors. That's what it was. Thank you. General manager. We both were wrong. But you but you gotta remember, the Oakland Police Department has always had a very volatile relationship. I mean, he was a police officer, having had a very volatile relationship with black people in Oakland and in that area. Um, you gotta remember that's where the Panthers were first started at. You gotta remember that's where um What's the brother they made? They made the movie about. Um, they got killed out there. You know what yeah, I'm talking. Fruitvale Station. Yeah, I can't think of his name offhand. Oscar, um, the movie. The movie is Fruitvale Station. Oscar Grant. This is yeah. where Oscar Grant was, was was killed. Little Bobby Hutton, one of the original members of the Black Panther Party. And Oakland's always been a hotbed. The Bay Area has always been a hotbed for activist activity. So it's not surprising that a black person would be treated that way out in Oakland. But um, he, I think to, um, the brother's going to sue him now. He's, he's, he's going to sue him. And he has every right to do that. That man put his hands on him for no reason at all. There was no even, 
reason for him to put his hands on him. If he would be like, okay, sir, you got to show your credentials, that's one thing. But for Cynthia to push the man when he when, when he's getting ready to pull out his credentials, come on, man. Come Look, on. JP, it didn't have to go no further than just this. Hold on a second. Let me see your badge. Right. That's it. You could stop him. That's you could stop him. Put a hand on him. Put a hand on him and stop him just like that. And be like, let me see your, let me see your, your credentials. Let me see, you know, that's it. Well, if I don't think he really should put that, his hand. We could have like, hold, had his hands out like, hold, you know, we need to see your credentials. Boom. Problem and problem. Yeah, yeah. Either, either he'd have been way. in there. Yeah. Either way, I'm just saying, if you stop him, you know, like put your hand to his chest, like, yo, chill. Let me see your credentials. Or just be like, yo, like you just said, or just go like this. Yo, hold, hold, hold. Hold on, hold on. Let me see your credentials. Okay, right. you're good to go. That's it. Aren't most That's people they're wearing suits behind the bench or the, either a coach or executive at an NBA game anyway? For, for the most part? For the most part. For the most yeah. part? Yeah, I mean, but usually the execs, now usually the execs are up in their boots and stuff. But in a situation like this, what happens when the championship game is almost done and decided? Right. They all start to come down. Yeah. Right. And hit the court. Right. 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 And honestly, again, if you've been doing these games, this series went to how many games? Six games, JP? Uh, yeah, I think it did go to six. So you've seen this man around the court, on the floor, probably pregame. Absolutely. During that series, you should have some kind of understanding and knowledge of who the person was. You know, I'm sure that cop watched ESPN, seen him on TV several times. Like, you know, it didn't it didn't have to go that far. And this is one of those cases, again, like I would mention with Patty Duke and film and tape and the truth comes out. What you going to do now? Yep. What you going to do now? Your lies have been uncovered on tape. Sorry. That dude is going to get sued so bad, he might not be able to, to live in his house again. Oh, no. No, he's going to kick. His wife's going to kick him out. He's every job. You know, if he gets sued that bad, whatever job he works, he'll get garnished for life. Yeah. Yep. And, yeah. He, he, and, and, and. You, all he pushed he, the wrong he brother. Have to do that. He, didn't he have pushed to do the, that. He pushed the wrong, the wrong one, and, and you know, and this, this down there, this brother is maybe the best GM in basketball. Everybody knows who he is now. True indeed. True indeed, man. But he can't afford that lawsuit, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. And I think that's what made some of the players angry too, was the fact that this. Video came out about that as well. Yeah, man. But this now goes into what we're about to get into because I, I, I want to say that I think if – because we were going to talk about the NBA playoffs and how things have been shaping out so far and all that good stuff, but that I had to get scrapped. Yeah, man. That had to get scrapped for the actions that have went down today. Starting off with the Bucks Magic series, the Milwaukee Bucks decided. Now, first and foremost, Tor Toronto and Boston was actually talking about doing this first when yep. the shooting happened. They talked about doing this first, and that was boycotting 
the, 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 these first set of games, we don't know how much further is going to go yet, okay? But um, so Milwaukee led the charge. They had the first game today. They didn't take the court. They let everybody know that they were boycotting the game. Um, even the team owner via Twitter showed major support for what these guys have done and even said things like it's bigger than the game and, and you know, when is enough enough type of, you know, paraphrasing what his tweet was, but he, he said a lot of things that were heavily in favor of today's issues and the players, supporting his team, supporting his players. So then in turn, the Magic, they were on the court, they were warming up, they turned around, got off the court. Then the next game was supposed to go, they boycotted. Then it was just every game today off the, off the shelf. And I've already asked in the group in a way, and we're all going to get a chance to speak on this one, but I, I already kind of asked in the group in a way, I asked just from a sports angle of, okay, so at the time I was like, okay, so if the Bucks boycott, what mm-hmm. happens? And then I listening to the jump on ESPN, uh, you know, if, if say if Orlando said no, then I learned, okay, then the, the, the Bucks would have forfeited that game, had to take an L on that game. Plus there's also other financial implications that would have, would happen to the teams also that I learned about. There's something like a five or $8 million fine that they could get things like that. But I have a feeling that the league is not even going to broach that situation because of the times that we're in, because the stance that they've taken, Black Lives Matter across the court, say their names, Black Lives Matter, equality, all the stuff on the back of the jerseys. They've taken a huge stance that no other league has taken. Side note two, the WNBA also boycotted games today and a couple Major League Baseball teams also boycotted games today. Big ups to them. But my question behind it all was, okay, you boycotted the games, but what actions are you going to do post-boycott? Okay, you did the boycott, but you're going to have to play these games again. So what are you going to do? What is going to be done by the league in this case? Let me say, let me say this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then I wanted to give it to Sammy first because he hadn't got a chance to speak in a minute, but you'll say your point after this. The one thing I just thought of now while we was talking about the Masai Ujiri situation that the league can do is they need to first stop all relationships with the police departments in these towns as far as, as, far as in this situation, doing security at games. That's one action that I've just literally thought of now that the league as a whole can do. And if the whole league boycotts, then the, let's see. We just got, I want to see the actions because the gesture, the gesture is always beautiful. But at sometimes it's just a gesture. Where's the follow? And like Katara, you loved when I said it. Where's the follow through on the shot? Yeah. You throw up the shot. Where's the follow through? Now, JP, go ahead and say what you're going to say. What I was going to say is this here. You're saying what they're going to do. There is talks, according, I watched ESPN earlier, and there is talks from uh, Mark Spears, who said that a veteran NBA player has told him that, they're, that they're, they are talking about 
all the teams leaving the bubble. So they're just going to say F this season, and that's it. But, okay, but let me just retort on that real quick. That's cool if they do that. But where's the follow-through towards the actions of why they're boycotting, which is what we're going to talk about after this? I think they've already made a statement why they're boycotting. Not only that, they're giving up a lot, tons of money. You got to remember, not only they're giving up money, TV revenue money, league money, that is what you call a sacrifice. That sacrifice is right up there with Kaepernick, Ali, Tommy Smith, John Carlos. Hold on. up there with all that. They're giving up major money. What, that but, is a but, sacrifice. And another again, thing is too, hold on, let me finish. And another thing is too, they are having a, a meeting with the players, but they were supposed to be at 8 o'clock tonight to discuss what they're going to do. I am sure these players are going to do something as far as community involvement and as far as trying to get some laws changed and, and, and meet with state legislatures and stuff like that there. Yeah, everything just doesn't happen. Boom, 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 boom. You're right. No, yeah, it takes time. You're, you're right. And that's that's the answer that I was trying. Like, what is going to be the follow-through step? Go ahead, Katara. You got to wait. There, yeah, there is. They're already doing, and I know Sammy has to go to as well. Um, there's there's already one of the teams, and, and this is small, but it's a start. One of the teams was on the phone trying to get the attorney. I think the attorney general for for keynote uh, for what is that? Kenosha. Kenosha. Yes. Yes. One of the teams are called. They were trying to you know, get in touch with him and say what's, you know, whatever they're talking to them about. That's a start. I, you know, they need to do more than that, of course, but that is a start. They're, they're getting involved. Um, so, so the, it's, it's, it's slowly getting it. The, 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 some of them, and, and some, I, I'm sure some of them are, are giving personally to the family or they're going to start as well. Um, that, I just wanted to bring that up as well. Yeah, no, all good, all good. But because, you know, understand my thinking behind this. Generally, when it comes to a decision of boycott, it's not just a, just a, just a, like a free ball type of action. Like, yo, we're just going to go do this with nothing and no backup and no nothing behind it, no reasoning behind it. You know, we can say change and let's, let's be honest. Celebrity, sports figures, even their team presidents, all the way up to the owners, they're influential people when it comes to people in government. A lot of changes, stadiums and things like that don't get made without government involvement. So, but it just, this one, it just, it, they, it, this one feels like they went off a raw emotion, which is fine, which is fine. But this, I think that there needed to be more of a game plan laid out besides just, yo, we're just going to do this. And yes, J, JP, you're right. It takes time. It does take some time. But also, too, generally, when you come to these kinds of big major decisions, you you should come to the table with at least half the, half the you know, half your plays structured up and written. And then you could kind of freestyle and go the rest of the way. Now, Sammy, I, I wanted you to talk, but sticking right on this because then we're going to segue into the Jacob, uh, Jacob Blake in a minute. But we're, we're sticking on the, the NBA players and teams boycotting. So I'll, I'll save the bulk of what I'm going to say for the Jacob talk. Um, I think 
it's the right thing to do. Fuck sports right now. Hmm. I mean, this, this is much bigger than any type of entertainment. This is bigger than NBA Finals, playoffs, triple-doubles, baseball, soccer, football. It's bigger than any form of entertainment because literally black people are being hunted by the police. And, you know, every... I saw something today on... It was either Instagram or Twitter. Think of all the police murder or the cop murders of black people that don't get reported. Don't get recorded. Don't get recorded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Think about that for a second. because And I saw another um, graphic where every day this year, except for probably five or six days, a person has been murdered or shot by the police. Mm-hmm. And that is even after the stay-at-home order on March 18th. People mm. were still getting murdered by the police. There's a serious problem in this country where, because if you think about it, right, cops are just ordinary people that think that they're so mighty and powerful because they have a uniform and a gun. You take that gun away, you take the knife stick on um, the nightstick away, whatever it's called, they're just regular people. And when you couple that with the majority of this country who has racial bigotry or prejudice, you give them the power of a gun, you see what's going on. This isn't anything new. So I look, I'm good if there's no more sports the rest of this year. Honestly, like our lives, meaning the black lives, our black lives matter more than any form of entertainment. Because that's all sports is, is entertainment. Like, in order for these sports leagues to operate, they have to have a black life. And I'm just yeah, kidding. True so, indeed. You know, that, fuck sports. True indeed. Okay? You had a man that was sh- paralyzed in front of his kids. Fuck sports. I'm good. So, I, so- true indeed. And, and I wanted to say, because uh, you mentioned, like, cops out of uniform, this and that. A lot of them are cowards. Oh, yeah. A lot of them are suckers. A lot of them are juice heads. They would just be regular juice head, coward, sucker motherfuckers with no badge. Jamal. Um, I, I, to to uh, piggyback a little bit on what uh, JP said and also what you said, Dan, I think what the NBA players did is amazing. Um, their, set, their step two is going to be crucial. Because the boycott yes, yes. right here is huge. This, they shut down a night of playoff games. And that was huge. And, yeah, it was raw emotion. But I think it's raw enough that they, you know, I also heard it, they're willing to shut down the rest of the season. If that's true, that's huge. And that's going to make moves. Because we have to remember sports owners um, own other businesses. You know, yeah. these, teams, these teams are their hobbies. But they're expensive-ass hobbies. And – they put a lot of money into get making this bubble thing work. So they were they were they were counting on that revenue to one salvage the, the missed regular season and also counterbalance the money they put in to have this safe season. So if they just come out of pocket for all that and there's no season and and the NBA players hold tight, that's there's gonna be some changes going on. Because like you said, uh, sports owners and f- folks at that level, they pretty much have politicians in their pockets. So, 
Um, yes. I think, I think this was a brilliant move. Um, and, you know, I'm not saying it just because I'm a Knicks fan, but F the rest of the season. If it don't happen, <laughs> it don't happen. <laughs> my guy. My guy. <laughs> you know, if it yeah. don't happen, it don't happen. I think that's, I think it's a bold move. I think it was, it was, uh, it was out of remorse, but step two is key. How many yep. nights are they going to, are they willing to boycott to, to stop the playoffs? Because yep. at the end of the day, you know, uh, you got to hit them in the pocket. And that's, that's the only thing, especially a country that's founded on commerce. The only way, the only thing they're going to listen to is you got to hit them in the pocket in the story. Can I add one quick yeah. thing? Um, yeah, yeah. Cause I wanted to throw it to TJ with a, with a, a quick comment and joke, but go ahead. We, we all owe Kyrie Irving a big apology. I was, was going to mention day. that because not I, I believe him. He, and I look, I was against him too. I'm like, you know, what's that going to solve? But he was right. He was right. I mean, we probably shouldn't have had the bubble to begin with. No. But this, that's see, but Kyrie's a very intelligent brother that we don't give credit to. Okay, everybody laughs at him for that. For whatever, maybe flat no, earth, flat earth, flat earth. Yeah, I know what it was, but still, though, man, but still, I mean, people said dumber shit than that, and people, people would be like, oh, this that they forgive him, but some, somebody just bring that up there. But Kyrie, Kyrie is a very smart, intelligent brother. He really is. I think he's really misunderstood a lot, and not, and not only that, there, that brother put his money where his mouth is because when them WNBA players, the ones who didn't want to play. And people weren't going to pay him. Guess who paid him? Kyrie paid him. He does a lot for the community that he doesn't get credit for. That brother's no. out there. No, well, didn't want to tailspin to that because I just wanted to throw back at Sammy. It's, it's the same yes, we're talking. He, I know he, he mentioned. He, all right, chill for a second, Sammy. He he looks like he was ahead of the curve now, but if this never happened, like it should have, then we would still it, the games would still be on. That's all I wanted to say to that. Right. But I wanted to throw to TJ, though. It was like, Jamal said it best. It's about the follow-through. It's, a, it's, it's what's, what's chess move number two? Because chess move number two already, TNT, they're showing ha- they were showing happy fucking Gilmore just now. <clears throat> and then so. if, they, if they boycott next week, will AEW Wrestling get to go back to Wednesday nights instead of Saturdays again? Like, so what, move number two. I heard this on the jump today with Rachel Nichols, and I didn't know this, but the owner of the Bucks had um he is very involved in politics, and he is the one that got the DNC convention in Milwaukee, all right? And his son is heavily involved in politics with that as well. Um she was um, like she was saying, these are billionaires, all right? These are billionaires with major, major political swing. And the owner of the Bucks has been on the forefront ever since the Sterling Brown situation in in Milwaukee where he got accosted uh, by the cops. He got beat down by the cops for just being double parked in front of a Dwayne Reed or some shit like that. So he's been on the forefront of this for a minute now. And I think to Katara's point, either him or his son was trying to reach out to the attorney general to see what they can do to get the ball moving on this. So yes, moves are being made. And if you want this the follow through, this is where the follow through is going to happen at right here. You got to get to the owners. We're not even going to talk about the NFL owners because that's a different beast 
all together. Yeah, that's no, that's no, no, no. Talk about Massa, Massa Jerry, so, Massa Jerry. That's what you're talking about. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's, that's like that's like that's like restarting the fight to get the Confederate flag down again. Yeah. So, so I believe with people like that in their position of power, with the money they have, him, Mark Cuban, uh, the owner of the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? Guys like this who have the money, the clout and the power and the position they're in to move the needle to where they want it to go with the players behind them or them behind the players, with, with them back in the players and saying, hey, we're not going to do this until we get this. Or we need legislation and we need legislation now because it's going to cost you more than it's going to cost me. And if it costs me, you're going to pay for it and you're going to pay for it dearly. So, <laughs> so... This is the big boy leagues at this point. You know what I'm saying? These are check writers. So if you want to continue to move in a progressive manner and make change, these guys are going to be the ones that make change. Now, they need to come together as a unit or something and, and start writing shit up or get people that they know involved to, to make shit happen. They know how to make shit happen or else they wouldn't be billionaires in the position they're in. So... um. Yeah, this, this is this next step. This is the follow through right here. You're looking for the follow through. This is the follow through. The onus is on the owners right now to move the needle and make shit happen. Period. Period. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This honestly, that's yeah, that's exactly where it needs to go. If and you can they, get the Democratic this... National Convention in Milwaukee and you're the owner of the Bucks, you got somebody's ear. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got somebody's oh, yeah. ear heavy. This is why we have these kinds of conversations because, I mean, we all have questions. And, it, and I thought my question was a fair one. It is. What is next? Because, like I mentioned, when you decide, when, 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 when you decide to strike, even when you take it to war or anything like that, you got to have a plan A, plan B, plan C. We do it in our general daily lives. Say if we're job hunting. You want to make sure you have the most skills available to broaden your horizons to do this. So if you go apply here, here, and here, it's like, okay, I didn't get this job, but I got this interview lined up, that interview lined up, that interview lined up. And same thing with chess, same thing with, same thing with any kind of sport, football, whatever you want to put into it. You always got to have some kind of secondary third option. Secondary, tertiary, you have, well, whatever. You, the you military have, is all... The military is all about redundancy. So it's plan A to plan Z. And that's what yeah. you're talking about. You need to yeah. have backup upon backup upon backup. That's the way but it on this, But on this case, all you need is just the, all right, we're going to do this. We want to get this done. But let's have a plan B to plan Z just in case. Now, I'm sure they've been crafting and developing all of that since boycott started. And again, like everybody said here, much power to these brothers. Beautiful thing that happened. But like Jamal said, this is that time to watch the follow through. This is that time to watch what stage two is. And TJ, you mentioned stage two the best in my opinion. And it should be like that. It should be that's stage two and the final boss on the same level. That's right. That's what it should be. That's what it should be. 
and we wouldn't be in this position right now if it wasn't for another terrible shooting by a police officer of Jacob Blake. And once again, this is just, this is just absolutely sad. I mean, fortunate for us in a way, fortunate, and I say for us as a people, but fortunately, this man did not lose his life. He's still fighting right now, as far as we understand. He's still fighting. There's a picture of Jacob Blake with his kids, who unfortunately had to witness this shooting while they were in the car. And it was said that he was just going to stop a fight between two women. And they just wanted to get back to the car to his kids. But once again, evil police officers felt the need to take action and do something worse. And this happened. And Katara wanted me to play this message from his sister. I don't know if you can play the audio. If not, Katara, you'll have to take care of it. I am oh, my brother's keeper. You can hear it? Yep. And when you okay. say the name Jacob Blake, make sure you say father. Make sure you say cousin. Make sure you say son. Make sure you say uncle. But most importantly, make sure you say human. Human life. Let it marinate in your mouth, in your mind. A human life. Just like every single one of y'all and everywhere around school, we're human. And his life matters. So many people have reached out to me telling me they're sorry that this happened to my family. Well, don't be sorry, because this has been happening to my family for a long time, longer than I can account for. It happened to Emmett Till. Mm. Emmett Till is my family. Mm. Philando, Mike Brown, mm. Sandra. This has been happening to my family. And I've shared tears for every single one of these people that it's happened to. This is nothing new. I'm not sad. I'm not sorry. I'm angry. And I'm tired. I haven't cried one time. I stopped crying years ago. I am numb. I have been watching police murder people that look like me for years. I'm also a black history minor. So not only have I been watching it in the 30 years that I've been on this planet, but I've been watching it for years before we were even alive. I'm not sad. I don't want your pity. I want change. And that, that right there, super powerful in my opinion, because... We all say it, we all hear it all the time. First thing a lot of people, especially us, our people of color, love to do is the whole forgiveness route and all this, that, and the third. She said, I don't want pity, I want change. She hasn't cried a tear to any of this because the, she spoke to the desensit, how this desensitized us. And I can tell you firsthand, I. I've been desensitized towards these things, but not desensitized in the way of, damn, this is troubling. But it's like, I'm too used to seeing it. 
And and I'll keep it real. I've been more desensitized to things like this even further than a lot of killings that happen towards our people. I've been desensitized to this type of thing from watching Faces of Death tape when I was younger. Like, so I, I've kind of been, already been programmed in a way. I've kind of programmed myself to somewhat be desensitized to seeing these things on camera. And it's sad. And I, I, I do carry heavy heart when I see these things in some, in some cases, whether it's for a few minutes, an hour, a day or two. We, we all do in some sort of way. We all carry these types of traumas differently. And to hear the strength out of his sister's voice should have been, it, 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 it should have been uplifting to us in this time because we got that. We just discussed what's going down in the NBA. With people, we've we seen what happened with George Floyd and how this issue, that issue still lives strong because his name, Breonna Taylor's name, these, men, these names get mentioned every day because justice is still yet to be served. And so I, I thank her for that speech as a whole because it, it, it showed a level of strength that we need as a people right now because some people don't take it the way I would. Some people can't take these seeing these things the way I would. And I don't take it like, oh, it's just another one. No, like this shit has to stop. Like it doesn't bother me mentally because I got how I just expressed that I seen it, but it's more like a holy shit, when is enough going to be enough? Exactly. And this is this thing, it it has to stop. And I just before I throw it to Katara, because we're all going to speak on this. So I wanted to go Katara, you, Jamal, TJ, JP, and then Sammy, you said you had a lot of poignant things to, to go on. I'm going to let you go last on this. Okay. But this shit's got to stop. It's got to stop. Um. Just like you said, it, 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 I, I was wondering it all throughout this morning. I was, I didn't feel like doing anything, not my, my side business, my side hustle. Um, my, one of my coaches, uh, was asking me a question and I wasn't even in the mood to answer. And it had nothing to do with this, of course. It, it, and I didn't know why I was in this down mood. And it was not until and, and, and it started, I think I, I sent the, this to you guys um, this morning. And I was about literally tearing up about, well, yeah, I was tearing up when I sent that to you. And I think it was just the reaction to that. It's, it's like you said, it has to stop. And, and you know, I don't want to hear right now. I don't know what his background is. I don't care what his background is, whatever. It, he didn't do my understanding is the police were called because of the argument with two women it ain't got nothing to do with him. So he shouldn't even be been harassed to begin with. Um, and, and I don't care what the details is. You could have, cause, cause it should have been a um, taser. You, you shooting somebody in the back, eight thousand, eight, I'm, I'm saying 8,000 times. It wasn't, but come on, come on. So it, it, we're tired and, and, and I can't even, 
I literally had to either I even though even though Dan spoke about something different, I literally have to scroll past or block people that are saying, well, he had this and he did. I don't want to hear it right now. I don't want to see it right now. I don't and I'm trying not to and, and, and some of you know, I am trying not to argue with these people and, and, and go back and forth in a nasty rate. But it's tiring right now. I'm tired of seeing this. There should not, the, you know, the, I, I, see, I'm, I can't even, you know, I'm getting upset over here, but it's like, there should not, this should not even have happened. And then let alone, and we're not going to get into this, but let alone, you got this 17 year old terrorist killed two people and injured one. And the police are just like, eh, eh, yeah, you know, he's on our side. No, this has got to stop. This, this, and we've already tried training and they didn't do nothing. And, and we all know what defund means. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear, oh, that's not, no. You need to defund them, period. And move, or, or let's, let's do the definition because people act like they don't know what it means even though we do know. Move some money to other places, okay? Don't tell me a social worker can't do that because social workers do worse. I'm being, I used to work in the hospital. I work in the ER. Okay, we had to handle rowdy people. Okay, we a last resort is to call the police. So I don't want to hear that police do this, this, and then that. No, they do do a, you know, they have a job, but other people do the same thing. And we're not happy. I can't carry, when I worked in the ER, I couldn't carry a taser or a gun. What? I would have lost my job. Come on now. So, so this needs to stop and we're tired, just like the title. We are tired of doing this over and over again. And it's going to cause, and it's going to lead to something worse if they cannot handle the police department. And it is, and, I, and I'm being real, and I'm being real here. And we're not talking about the good police. So don't bring that up because I'm tired of hearing that conversation too. And, and, and how good are they if they're covering for, their, for the bad ones? Okay, we're tired. That's, that's, that's what I have to say about that. Go ahead, Jamal. Yeah, man. So, uh, um, I don't, I, yeah, I don't even like having a discussion anymore. You know, sometimes, you know, even today I had to just, you know, sit back for a minute because, you know, you don't want you don't want to get to the point where you're past discussion, and I'm, I feel that way a lot of times because you know what's going to fall on deaf ears. Um, I just I watched that video, and two things that 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 just really stuck out. One is the same old shit, you know, guys getting shot, unarmed, un, unarmed black man, shot by police, and the rarest headline you'll hear is armed black man shot by police. And it makes me think. It makes me seriously think that there's maybe only one language that's being understood here. And, um, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. And two, the, the police didn't even have any, they had no control of that situation. They was following him around like Keystone Cops. I don't know what the hell they was doing. They're trying to grab at his shirt. I was like, well, they had no control of the situation. That just tells you they're, they're dumb. They just tell you the, the training is ridiculous. I don't even know what happened here, but just. You try to having the conversation. You try to having the conversation with people who you know are just always going to err on the side. Well, let's wait to see where all the the the, the evidence comes out, and 
Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And again, I come from a family of law enforcement, so I don't say this stuff easily, you know. And uh, again, I'm just waiting to I'm just waiting for this the script to come out. You know, they're gonna find out. Oh, these cops have these particular cops, just as always, have a history of of doing this. It's the same case. It's the same case. And if you're gonna keep saying, well, it's only the the the, the, the these few these bad apples. You gotta get fucking rid of them, because it's true, you know. You know these guys, the guys who perpetrate the stuff, always have a long history. There's always signs. There's, there was always cases, and you had opportunity, and they don't do anything, and then it spills over into, you know, uh, what Qatar touched on before. You know, with this maggot that 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 was running around with a, a assault rifle shooting people, and you know, again, you hate to keep going back to it, but in 2006. The FBI warned not only the country, but the world, and they said white supremacists are infiltrating all branches of law enforcement and the military. And when you see this kid who's palling around with these cops beforehand, is you know on his way to becoming a junior cop himself. I don't, I'm not that familiar with gun laws. I mean, I live in Jersey, so you guys know we got strict ass gun laws. I I put in for a permit almost last year. I just got one. Okay, it's crazy, but I don't know which state a 17 year old can just get a get this rifle. He's 17, and then he just got, and, and he took it across state line and he's walking walking the streets with him. And it was an automatic assault yeah. rifle like that. A 17-year-old, you know, walking around with a gun, you think it's going to be up to good. And they're going to give him some water, and they high-five and tell him, thank you for being here, and whatever. That was before he, they started shooting. Which makes them even more complicit, because you know what, Dan? Yep. He's a 17-year-old <laughs> yep, yep. walking around with a damn assault rifle. Yep. Nobody checked to see how old he was, where he was from, and what he's going to do. It, at this point, they're an accomplice. Every one of those guys, cops who, who engage with that man is an accomplice now to what he later did because they did. There was a, that was a neglect of duty. True indeed. I'm going to be black case. So, yeah. so it, should be, it should be that way that he is. He, they, but we all know, unfortunately, this shit ain't going to go down like that. It, it, when you watch, like, because I, I watched the video. Qatar shared that video a little earlier today. I reshared it also. It was uh, somebody doing a talk over and over. It was about seven minutes long of, of, mm -hmm. of what showed and what led to what all the news stations are showing, which is the young white kid running down the block away from a mob of people. He's running because, as Jamal said it, before they said everything, before the thing, the stage was set for that little clip to be shown, he was with a whole militia of white, only white people who had bulletproof vests on, automatic guns, all types of guns, you name it. They're standing on the side asking the cops for water, telling them, hey, we're on your side, we're on your side. Then the kid, the same shooter, walks in the middle of the street. In between all the cop cars, they're just telling him, they're not even telling him anything. They're like, move out of the way to the people that are protesting. He's walking up to them. One cop car is, like tried to stop him, stop and talk to him. But then they just kind of kept rolling along like it was all good. Oh. 
And so, so to, to pass it to TJ, one of the things you mentioned that happens with police officers all the time is the old saying of shoot first, ask questions last. And that, again, it's another case of that. Mm -hmm. So if you're a cop and you see this shit going on, right? Wouldn't it behoove you to say, I don't want to be that guy that shoots the unarmed black man? Like, does that not cross your mind at any point in time? Like, whoa, wait a minute. Let me let me holster this and tackle him. Let me beat him over the head or something. But to just blatantly shoot the man. I mean, this is like, what is, what is, what do you even say? Like, every. Freeze it up again. Freezing up. He took JP's place this week. Four days, somebody's getting shot. And, 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 and on top of that, um, if that was a black kid walking around with that, that rifle, he wouldn't even have made it to the protest. They would have ran him over. He wouldn't have made it to the protest. Hummers, they would have ran him over, TJ. But let it have, let it have been a gang of black people with their black militia, how would that have gone down? How would that have gone down? Would they have been like, yeah, we're on your side. Thanks for helping us out. Come on. The double standard is real. The double standard is real. And we need to just start walking around like this. Honestly, country was built on violence and they only understand violence. Oh. When, you, when you meet their aggression with equal or greater aggression, then they want to talk about let's chill, call, hold on, fall back. Yo, we can't be having this. What the fuck are you talking about? You started this. So we're playing your game now, and you don't like it. You don't like it because you got smacked in your fucking face. How does it feel now? Because that's the way we've been feeling for hundreds of years. But now you want to talk? There's no talking. There's no more talking. There's no more talking. It's just... I, I just I, when 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 that shit happened the other day, I was just like, "What the fuck? What are these people doing? What is going through your mind?" It was like Jamal said, it was such a clusterfuck. They were chasing him around. It was three cops versus one dude. J Blake ain't the biggest dude in the world. He was some skinny guy. Like you couldn't detain this man. This yeah, and it was one. Detain this man. He was walking, and it, and it was one dude going back to his car with his children. But they, I don't even think nobody knew there were kids in the car, honestly. I don't even think that mattered at that point. Not to say it was right, but you they did nothing to de-escalate. They don't practice de-escalation no. in no way, shape, or form when it comes to people of color. Now, I've seen a ton of videos where they de-escalate with white folks waving knives at the cops, pointing and waving guns at the cops. All of a sudden... They can de-escalate that, but they can't de-escalate a black person or a person of color? What kind of bullshit is that? And everybody wants to be like, oh, you know, he's got a record, this or that. White people don't have records? White people don't do the same shit that we do? What are you talking about? It's nonsense. It's nonsense. And like you said, I'm here with everybody else. I'm tired. I'm fed up. You know, what's tomorrow going to bring? What's the day after going to bring? Who's going to get yeah. shot next week? Because it's going yeah. to happen. And then what? Then what? You yeah. know what? When we, start, when we start shooting back, that's when the problem's going to be, right? 
then mm-hmm. that's going to be like, oh, oh, we need the, we need the, we need, we need this, we need the, the militia and the guards out here. No, we're shooting back because we're defending ourselves at this point. We're tired of getting yeah. shot at with nothing. Yeah. We're tired yeah. of getting shot at with nothing. And, like and right said, there, and it's right there because I'm going to throw it to JP now because, like, what you mentioned just a minute ago about how, like, when white people get aggressive and things like that, they just showed, I just seen it today, I think it was in Iowa somewhere. Idaho. There was a militia. Idaho. And they bum rushed the yes. whole Senate. Yes. Yes. They, there was a militia of people who bum rushed the a, a Senate meeting in Iowa to be a part of the meeting. So it's like, where, where, where's they show constraint in that? They, co- they show constraint in that. But JP, to what TJ said, like, and you're the Black Panther historian on this. This is a part of the reason why the Black Panthers created what they did. I was going to piggyback off that, what TJ said about Black black militia groups. They already had them. They were systematically why, just... I know, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm agree. I know that. I threw it to you the way I did because I yeah. knew you had something. Yeah. That's, I mean, you saw what happened when you... And you know what? I might want to say Black militia groups. Groups who were fighting for social justice change. Excuse me, trying to make this country a better place were systematically destroyed. But yet still the KKK and all these other devil white supremacist groups have been running around here for centuries doing what they do. You got right now, a, 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 a thing came out last week where they're saying the government is is spying and trying to co-opt into Black Lives Matters and groups like that. But yet still nobody's talking about these white supremacist groups over that devil did last night down there in Wisconsin, up there in Wisconsin. Um, this is America. It's never going to change. It's been a 450 year problem. And if something has been a problem for 450 years, it's not going to change. This country was, as TJ said, this country was founded on violence. Founded on violence. It's always been a violent country. It's, they, they always tell you that damn lie about, oh, we need, we're a freedom-loving country. We need, to, we need to go to other places and stuff like that there. Man, stop it with the, with the damn lies. Because if, if it was a, such a, so, a so-called freedom-loving country, Dr. King would still would have still been living. Malcolm would have still been living. Fred Hampton would still be living. The Panthers would have been still living. But these people fought for social justice. All they wanted was equality, have human rights like anybody would, but they gunned them down and killed them. Black women, men and children, all the, the young black women who were killed in Birmingham, Birmingham Street bombing of, the, of a church. And we can go right now to five years ago when Dylan Roof sat up there and killed peaceful, loving, God-loving people in a church. And what did they do to them? What did they do? Took this devil to damn Burger King to get a, get some food on the way to taking him to jail. Are you kidding me? This is America. We have had a systematic problem with the police for 450 years. And what those NBA players did today, they, that's how you do it. You hit them in the pocket. One thing these people understand is money. And when you affect the money and affect the economy, they will hear you. Yep. I, I agree. I agree. And I see with what the NBA did, I see that sentiment now more than ever. 
because you know you know when we've had these conversations in the past i've i've always questioned it because you know when when black folks when we rally up together or when not when we rally up together but when we want to say start a movement or something right start we want to start a movement or something to create some kind of change in any avenue of what we do what we're talking about people try to jump out the window and think big sometimes instead of thinking small instead of thinking each one teach one method and talk to the immediate people around you to try to affect change first before you try to make it this one big grand national movement mm -hmm. That's where I say where people like us, with people with this podcast and things like that, that's where we're effective in changes like these, in discussions like these. But when you want the big grand, the NBA just handled that on a big, large, grand scale. Those are the type of people that you need to see complete unity when, when, if you want a grand change to happen immediately. And like I said just a second ago, JP, now more than ever financially, I see what you mean. And you've been preaching that for years. And I've always agreed with you. Mm -hmm. I've always agreed with you. It's just a matter of how the process is done. Right. And I, I, to what you just said, the NBA sparked it off in such a large way that I'm going to go to the man that's larger than me on the podcast. And, it's and on you, Sammy. Dan, hold <laughs> on. Can I make one last point? Yeah, yeah, sure. Go ahead. One last point real quick. Another thing we got to start doing, too, we got to look into, is filing lawsuits and suing people. I listened to the show this early this evening. Shout outs to Dr. Aaron Smith. He comes on WURD. He read his, he read this thing about a young black man who was 19 years old killed in Mobile, Mississippi, named Michael McDonald or Michael Donald. I think his name is Michael Donald. He was lynched from a tree. He was stabbed to death because a black man had a mistrial of shooting and killing a white police officer. So the KKK got together and said, we're going to ride around and find a black man and we're going to kill him. They stabbed this man to death, beat him up and hung him from a tree. They convicted two men two years later of killing him. His mother said, that's not good enough. You know what she did? She went and sued the KKK down in Alabama and they had something to do with the 16th Street bombing Baptist Church in 1963, the four little girls got killed, the four little sisters got killed. She sued them, won $7 million in a lawsuit. They said they couldn't, they said they didn't have enough money to pay her. They gave her everything she, they gave her whatever they had left and she got the land. And she got the land. Yeah. The, the yeah. Stuff like that we need to start doing and looking into. We need to start mm -hmm. suing the hell out of these people, hitting them in their pockets the way the lady did. If I can find it later on, I will post it in the group. But Mrs. Mrs. Um, Mrs. Donald sat up there and sued them and won. And she yeah. said, and she said, quote unquote, Money doesn't mean anything to me. That would never bring my son back. But the fact that she took over that land and the KKK had to had to pay her, and they were bought and they were put out of business because she sued them. 
And then start yeah. thinking like that. Yeah, I, and I'm in total agreement with you. Like, I, I wanted to tie that into just, yeah, us black folks, most people of color are afraid to go to law enforcement with anything, things like that. But we need to stop that bullshit after a while and do exactly what you just said. For those that have been affected, that is the other way to hit them in the pocket. Because, again, it's like I... I we're not talking about this, but I mentioned this in the Meg the Stallion situation. People tried to talk about how layered it is, which it's a layered discussion. But if you shoot me, if I don't get you, I'm going to make sure that the law gets you. And if the law or whatever don't get you, then we're going to go to court. And yeah, I, I, I'm so glad you told that story because yes. one, and, you and, just educated me on something. And, but two, and then, you are then, totally right. That needs to happen. And Dan, let me let me tell you. Let me add this one last point, and I'm done. It was an all white jury in Alabama that mm. agreed with her. They came back within four hours and gave the verdict. That's what you call an ally. Yeah. Go ahead, Sammy. All right. So. Um, I'm going to preface by saying this. You all might not agree or won't agree with um, what I'm going to say, and that's perfectly fine because this is how I feel and this is my opinion. Um, it's, a, it's a great thing what the NBA did today. Um, ultimately, I, I'm in the mindset that there's nothing that can be done that will be able to end racism in this country, um, especially towards... Um, the black community. I agree. Um, racism is just as American as apple pie is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I personally, I have very few white friends and I could probably count them on one, one and a half hands. But as a whole, I'm not a big fan of white people. I don't like being around a majority white crowd. Um, I don't, I'm not into white women. I, I don't, if it's not black, I'm really not going to support it, to be honest with you. Um, I've had multiple racial experiences while during my six years in college at a predominantly white institution, which in some ways I do regret going to because of that. Um, racism will never go away in this country. Um, the cops are not our friend. Um, the, the real, like, catch-22, rock-in-a-hard-place type thing is that if we get in trouble, you know, we, first instinct is called the cops. But they're not our friend. And I'm not talking about individual cops, because I do know some good cops. But as a whole, just like America, they're not saying every single white person is racist, but a large majority of white society is racist or have prejudice biases against black people. The cops are only there to protect people who look like them. Okay. Um, I, I, I just, I'm numb to it, but I'm also very tired and I'm also very um, concerned because, you know, I'm not a, a five foot five skinny black man. I'm six foot four, 175 pounds. And if a cop sees me, it might not go well. They might automatically think I'm a threat 
when I'm far from that. Um, a friend, well, I wouldn't call him a friend, an old teammate of mine posted um, something very idiotic on Facebook. Um, it was a meme of uh, Jim Halpert from the office in front of like a whiteboard. Um, and it said, you know, if the cops won't kill you, if, you know, you respect them, if you say yes, sir, no, yes, sir, no, sir, this and the third. A man was going to his car. He had no weapon on him. And he had his kids in the car and they shot him eight times and paralyzed him. If that, you know, if that doesn't tell you anything, then I don't know what will. Um, white people always look down on us. And I remember towards the end of May around Memorial Day when the George Floyd um, protests were going on. And I told you guys then that a lot of these black, like companies that has Black Lives Matter and, you know, um, Black Lives Matter sections on Netflix and Hulu and this, that, and the third, that's all, it's a trend. They don't actually give a fuck about black people. I'm just telling you that right now. Um, yeah, I don't trust white people. I'm not a big fan of white people. I don't feel comfortable when I'm the only black person um, in a setting. Um, if I, any social event that I have, a majority will be black people. And it's because of my lived experiences. I was not taught racism. Racism taught me, if you will. You know, I, I've been told to go back to Africa. I had rocks and eggs thrown at me one night on, on, on Rowan University's racist-ass campus as I was walking from the library. Um, I had a professor ask me if my father was still around, and I was one of the only Black people in the class. All right. I, I've seen Confederate flags everywhere. White people in white society is not our friend. They're not. Um, the cops will take any opportunity to kill us whenever they see fit. Body cams, whether it's HD, 4K, whatever, it don't matter. They are out to kill us. And that little Bama that was out there, a little terrorist, acting like he was on Warzone on Call of Duty with that AR-15, you know, he's 17 years old. Fuck are you doing? Why do you have that gun? He was out there just like all the other white people that hijack our protests, they wanted to do something that they know they would likely get away with and that black people would become the, um, the blames. Same thing happened in Minnesota. There was a white cop dressed in all black, taking um, some type of a bar or something and breaking the windows in Target. I mean, we've seen this. The anarchists are not black people, okay? Black people don't set off bombs and fires in cars. They don't carry AR-15s. They don't shoot people with military-grade weapons. That's not something that we do. That's not our MO, okay? Um, and Sev, you're right. Ryder is racist as fuck, but I went to Rowan, which is just about the South Jersey version of Alabama, whatever. But the white, white people are not here for us. Okay, it doesn't matter how many times they say they don't see race, how many times they say they're colorblind. Just because you're getting dick from a black man or pussy from a um, black woman does not mean that you are not racist, okay? Uh, uh, look, there's a, 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 a old classmate of mine. 
right? He's with a non-black woman. Yet he gets on social media and says, we have to protect the black woman, protect the black queens, protect black women, black women this, black women that. If you have that mindset, why aren't you with one? I don't take black men seriously who speak out for black women but aren't in a relationship with one. I, I can't take you seriously. Henry Louis Gates. I don't take him seriously. He's a smart brother. So you don't so you don't take so you don't take me seriously. No, I'm talking about see, when it comes to white people, I mean, not you know, I'm not talking about you. That's that's mainly what I'm talking about. Like these people who are so pro-black and that are dating white women or married to white women, it's just like we're not good enough for you. Like, how how can you say one thing but do something else? And this is I don't really talk about this much anymore since I got into adulthood anyway. But it, it's really sad to see. And I'm worried about my students. I'm worried about the future generations that um, aren't here yet. Whether it's my kids grandkids, great-grandkids, because this racism thing is not going away. COVID is a terrible pandemic, but racism is worse. Racism, climate change, COVID, those are your three pandemics that you're dealing with. And only one of those pandemics are getting attention right now. And it's not racism and it's not climate change. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I apologize if you took offense to what I said, Dan, but I was not no, no, because look, because I didn't, because you said we wasn't going to agree with you, and yeah. there was only a couple. There was a couple of things I didn't agree with you on, because, because, but I can't discount what you say because, as you stated, it was through your experiences to why you feel that way. Because my experiences, my experiences, white people are my family. White people are in my family, and and I and I've expressed this on this show before. The, the one time in life that I had a run-in with quote-unquote skinheads, my brother Daniel Sullivan was right next to me, standing there like this, waiting for something to happen. So, but, so it's a, experiences, our I, experiences are different. I hear that's you. All. I hear you. Not, that's why I said not every single white person is a racist. But the majority of white society, the majority of American society is racist. And yeah, true indeed, true indeed. When I, when I went into college, matter of fact, next Monday will be 10 years ago since my freshman year. I came from an all-black town, all-black high school. Going into Rowan, you know, I wanted to get along with white people. I didn't really experience racism until somebody that I thought that was my friend called me a nigger hard ER nigger and I blacked out and I almost killed him. Yeah. Because deservingly so. <laughs> called a nigger for the first time. It set off a rage that I didn't know that I had within me. And it was an unrecognizable rage. And from that point forward, I was going to black fraternity sorority programs, black parties, um, NAACP programs, Black Culture League programs on campus, I became very Afrocentric because of that one experience. Okay? Yeah. And yeah. to just, just to That's wrap up, 
That's just, all it yep. takes. That's just all it takes. Up. You know, I'm not saying all white people are racist. One of my favorite coworkers is white, or old co- former coworkers is white. Me and him get along good. I know his wife, I know his children, and I know how he is. He's not a racist. If I know you and I bring you into my inner circle, that's because I know how you are. But I don't have Trump supporters on my Facebook friends. The white people that I have on my Facebook friends are people that I know personally. Okay, And racism is not something that's going to go away. It's not. No matter how many boycotts, how many Black Lives Matter things we post and whatever society decides to do, Black Lives Matter this and going campaigning in the inner cities, that it's not going to change because racism is something that is taught. Yep. Yep. That is taught. They aren't born racist. They are taught in their environment and by their parents and their guardians. Yep. And until people stop being racist behaviors and racist mindsets, things that's the only time it'll change. And if it hasn't happened over the since the last two hundred and fifty some odd years or four or five hundred years rather, what makes you think it's gonna change now? And no, great points. I, no, great great points. And the the ill thing the ill thing that I wanted to point out was when you said when you, you first got into your point of black rage and your whole shot turned blue. Like you was more. I just blacked the fuck out when that happened. No, and, and you did, rightfully so. Rightfully so. And to what you spoke on, it's what, what puts you in the place that you're in is life experiences and life situation. That's why, and and that's why we, we this is the beautiful thing just about humanity in general is we're all different. You went through what you went through to shape you to who you are. I've been through situations that I've been through that shaped me for who I am. I, you know, I haven't had the same experiences as you. That's what makes us different. TJ, mm-hmm. just to throw to you real quick, like, how many people think you're part white just because of the color oh of your God. skin? I didn't really recognize it until I was probably in, like, seventh or eighth grade. And pretty much, I won't say every day, but at least three out of the five days of the week, I would run across people because I had a little afro back then so they would always ask me what are you you know are you spanish are you i've been called everything on top of that so you know people trying to figure me out are you mixed are you black are you spanish are you israeli are you arabic what the fuck are you so um yeah i mean i there's like you said, I've become desensitized to it to the point where I was just telling people when they asked me that question, where are you from? I would just say the womb. You know what I'm saying? I'm just from the womb. Like you and everybody <laughs> else and shit. Let me, say, so, let me say this. Yeah. Let me say this. Negro, you're black. You're the same complexion as Emmett Till. And if you was Emmett Till, you'd be lynched too. So you're black. 
No, but that's not the point. Oh, though. I, don't, I don't. I don't have point. no. He broke up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But definitely, I mean, I've experienced my like. Yeah, Mike, like you said, it's all about experiences and everybody's experience is different. Right. Have I been called a nigga? Yeah. Have I been called a spick? Yeah. I've been called a piss colored bag. That's crazy. You know what I'm saying? It get at me and shit. So, I, yeah. I mean, I just, my, bad, my bad. My bad. No. So, guys, Sammy, because TJ keeps freezing. The right. one thing I right. want to, um, a very, very brief like story I want to say it was um homecoming of 2012 no matter of fact Halloween 2012 right before Hurricane Sandy hit and you know on predominantly white college campuses Halloween is like you know Christmas day for college students. they got Halloween parties here and there um we saw people dressed up as the Ku Klux Klan on going on their way to some frat house. So that just to give you an understanding of where I'm coming from from this standpoint. Like I like college students have felt it was okay to dress up as the Ku Klux Klan on a college campus to go to their Halloween parties. Um it's a disgusting world that we live in, and quite honestly, America is trash. It is. America I agree. Is trash. I mean, I agree. And let's just 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 to, to put a pin on that, and and almost close out the show. Like, we have politicians that have been caught doing blackface in their college times. So if that doesn't say something, that should say a lot. Ralph Northam. <laughs> but when we go back to experiences, this is, again, clear case of, because, and I'm just putting the umbrella over all of them. I'm not just saying white cops because black cops are out there shooting us too. Black cops are out there shooting us too. Cops have been a problem. They're going to continue to be a problem. And it sucks until some real hard change happens, which who knows when that'll happen. Can I ask a question? Can I ask you one no. question? Who are the black cops that are that are killing that are killing us? I don't remember one of the situations, but wasn't um wasn't it like one of the situations in Atlanta or something where a black cop shot was doing the shoot did the shooting? If you talk about the brother that was in, that was killed in in the parking lot at Wendy's, those were two white cops. No, no, I, no not no. that's not recent. It wasn't, there, it, there were other cases. They, they, there were black cops with those two uh, uh, um, college students. They were all up on them. Um, yeah, right, that, right, that right. Was they were shot and killed. Though. I would have to look. I, right, I would, and, and, and right, I understand what you're saying. Right, they were they were very brutal. I'm not disclosing them, no, but all I'm saying is this here. Like, the majority of people who are being killed are black people by white police officers. Not to say some black cops probably have, and I, and I know for sure, they have killed black people. But this is a problem, and I really do think that, excuse me, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to make yeah, this no, one no, last no, point. Good. I want to make this one last point. Two two points, really. One, first, point is, first point is here, is this here, it came to my mind. First point is this here about the police officers. We need black police officers, mainly black police officers for the black community who are from the community and, and understand the community. Now, 
if you're a black police officer and you go to a all white area and it's predominantly um, uh, black, they're not going to hire you. For instance, I heard something today that they said that the 87 recruits in this Philadelphia Police Department class are all white, allegedly. Philadelphia is a 40% black city. They don't know those people in the community. John, on, on that on that point there real quick, I've expressed on this show before how I've had a friend of mine who was a police officer tell me, he's a retired police officer now, actually tell me to my face that NYPD didn't want people to patrol their communities just off of the fear of, air quotes again, corruption. Right. I've been but, told this, that they yeah, didn't I know, want that. I know, that, we, that we, we've had that conversation. This, and then my, my last point, now I'm going to shut up after this. My last point is this here. Where are these black politicians at? Where are they at? Where's the seat? Where is this congressional black co Congress at? How come they haven't said anything? The NBA is out here saying something. The NBA players are saying something. Right now, you should be out there right now saying something, maybe having a statement. Where are they at? Where are these black politicians at? How come they haven't said anything? And I'm, I'm, to be honest, I'm sure they probably are, but whose voices are the loudest right now? And that's the only, this is the only kind of retort I can say to that is whose voices are the loudest right but now. Who, but who represents you, though, and, and, no, no, you, I, I'm, and your constituents, though? It's the politician. I'm, Where I'm, are they at? They're silent. I'm in full agreement with you, but the energy, especially when it comes to the media, the energy is going to go towards who's the most popular, who's the biggest names. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But what I was trying to wrap with was, again, was just that I put, I'm painting police with the broad stroke of everybody who's in law enforcement, even my brother-in-law, and I love the dude to death, but even my brother-in-law, and even he's told me, like, when, when the whole George Floyd situation went down, like, internally, he felt conflicted. Because yes, he took that as a job because it's a well-paying job. If you do your job right, it's a good job. Jamal, you have family in law enforcement to where you understand this. You know, it's a good job. But I've had family too. I'm, I'm yeah, a yeah, yeah, yeah. But but growing up, but but growing up, he's always expressed that he's always been a fuck the police kind of person. So the way he carries himself on on his job is he understands both ends of the situation. I've expressed stories of his on the show in the past, so I'm not going to recycle them. But in this situation, again, I'm painting the police as a whole. The whole conglomerate is one big fuck you right now. Because like when I mentioned cowards and all of that stuff, and one of the cowards I could speak to was a kid that I was friends with back in the day who was one of the officers in blue who was there when Eric Gardner got killed five minutes away from where I live. Cowards. Those type of people need to go. If you're scared, you're, you're the type of cop, like these cops who shot Jacob Brown, I mean, Jacob Blake, who are afraid of their own fucking shadows. Yeah, you shouldn't have a job. That's right. If you make, go make in with them... Yeah, like if you go in with this... And we clearly mentioned, like Jamal mentioned before, when the FBI put out the thing stating how 
you know, white supremacists are entering law enforcement and government. If you are a person, like, I mean, obviously they're always going to clearly hire these people that are going to go gun ho for what they, you know, for that type of shit. That type of thing needs to stop. Further in-depth background checks needs to happen. The, the, these things need to happen. <laughs> like somebody walking up the block mm-hmm. saying amen to listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> Tell us it's, starting five. <laughs> hey, these, these things need to stop. These things, they, you know, these hiring practices need to change. And and I I I mean, even if they gotta go and knock on the doors of family members for references, this this shit's gotta end somehow, some way. I don't see Jamal, you put your hand up like you wanted to yeah. say something. Um you know, you're not going to get police reform until you change and get rid of the people who control the police. The police, for the most part, are robots. They're going to do what they wanted to do, and they're going to stand behind what they can get away with. So, um, the, the biggest people, the biggest proponents of police reform, are police unions. Yes, yes, it's police unions and yes. it's prosecutors. So again, yes. more hot than before. If you don't vote in your local elections. And you don't get rid of them prosecutors and those district attorneys, because they're the ones that's in charge of prosecuting these dudes when they do shit. Preach, brother. If you don't take on the police unions, which if you ever heard a police union rep speak, you, 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 it sounds like Goodfellas. Dogs, we got one of the worst in New York, and this guy Pat Lynch, Lynch. who just came out by the way and said that the the NYPD police union is supporting Trump. Straight up. Straight up, that, you should see the one in Philly, John McNesby. He's just probably just as bad. They, they all just, the unions. That, that's the big, that's why that's why no cities and nobody can get anything done. It's the unions. Yeah, hey, so you gotta bust them up. Hey, I, can I um one last thing? Wait, wait, can I say something? This is this is some big hold news. On. Hold on, the Lakers and Clippers have voted not. I was going to say that. That's exactly. Yeah, what I was going to bring that up too. Can yeah. I read it real quick? Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It says, I'm in another group, but it says the Lakers and Clippers vote to end the season. The rest of the teams voted to keep playing, and LeBron walked out of the meeting. Interesting. Well, that's there, there we go once again. What what happens next? And that's, that's all we can that's that's honestly the way we're gonna have to wrap this up, y'all. What happens next? Oof. This is a great show. This is a great yes. show as always, right? And normally I start with the guests, but I'm going to go with the first lady on the final shout outs. Oh, all right. Final shout outs. Shout out to everyone who participated um, on the lives. Shout out to everybody here on Starting Five. It's, it's, it's been a very deep conversation that we'll probably have to have again and again. Once again, and then just shout out everybody who is who is either doing small things or big things to get this systemic racism to change. True, indeed. And oh, by the way, that was Sammy. Much to your dismay, and what you mentioned before, that was a white woman who was walking up the block, yelling, "Preach, brother, preach!" <laughs> agree, agree, with every, agree with everything I said. <laughs> I'm just not, not, I'm not throwing shots at you. I'm just, I'm just stating facts. Just stating facts. Go ahead, Sammy. Final shout outs. <laughs> um, shout out to the starting five. Um, shout out to you, the mayor, for um, having me on the show tonight, and um, having such a great topic. 
Um, shout out to the greatest HBCU in the world, Delaware State University. Um, I start my doctoral classes on Friday at 5 p.m. Congrats, brother. Congrats. Congrats. Congrats, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Jamal. Um, shout out to the starting five. Thank y'all for having me on as a guest again. Shout out to everybody who who watched tonight, everybody in the comments. Um, just want to say everybody stay safe, keep your wits about you, stay protected. DJ. Shout out to our guests, Sammy J and the brother Jamal. Thanks for coming on again. You guys always bring a different perspective and insight. Love to hear your opinions. Um, shout out to the first lady, as always, uh, bringing her truths to the to the to the starting five. Love to hear her opinions and perspective as well. Shout out to my man JP cutting the beard, looking like John Henry. Uh, shout out to the mayor. Shout out to the. Shout out to the mayor. I tried to slide it in, JP. I couldn't help. You. Sorry. <laughs> shout out to the mayor for putting this all together. You guys do a great job. Like I said, I love being part of this every week. And sad and unfortunate that we'll definitely be probably speaking about this again, hopefully later than sooner. And hopefully next time we talk about this, there'll be some change happening. True indeed, JP. Man, first off, Mayor, thanks again for making this possible. Great, great show. As you can tell, I'm hyped, I'm energized, I'm, I'm all that. Shout out to Sister Katara. Shout outs to my boy, Sammy J. Congrats on your doctorate program you're starting. Shout outs to my boy, Jamal. Man, it's a shame, brother. We, we, we should have been getting up, I guess, yesterday for Full Court 21. Right. Yeah, yeah, this past weekend. Yeah, man. man. Yeah, man. Y'all yeah, man. Y'all would have been there. That's right. That sucks. Yeah, yeah it does. And finally, shout outs to Jamal Murray of the Denver Nuggets uncle, TJ Davis. He inspired him for that 48 the other night, right? <laughs> Sammy, what you over there booing about? Sound like a cow over there. <laughs> gonna look like a naked mole rat. <laughs> uh, come on, leave brother Hambone alone. He's, he's about to be Dr. Hambone. Let him be. Let him be. But anyway, shout outs to y'all because y'all keep saying me, but we make this happen as a team. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> you know, big ups to all y'all because, like I said, we make this happen as a team. This ain't just a, this ain't a me thing. This is a we thing. Uh, big upset, and I probably pronounced his name wrong again. Jelani, I think it's Jelani Harris, who is our first patron to the start of five. You know, I'm, I'm digging further to check out the see again because you know what? We just set these new tiers, and I already forgot what the tier is that he's <laughs> under. So, big ups to him for supporting the, for supporting the podcast. Um, you too can support the podcast. Also, visit the startfivepodcast.com, the homepage. Right there, under the face protection mask that is on the home, on the front page, right underneath it is our Patreon link. If you want to just give us show us a little bit of support and give us that one dollar holler, as it's called on there, you could become a patron for as low as a dollar. You could do like Jelani and, and 
get the five dollar tier, which I believe the five dollar tier is we give you the Instagram uh, boosts on our page. We, you know, we put up whatever you want twice a month. The ten dollar tier gives you a little bit more, all the way up to the fifty dollar tier, where you could be a part of the show. You can produce a segment and get all the other advertisement offers that we have, which is getting posted up on our website, plus a whole host of other things. So please visit the star5podcast.com. Show a little love, everybody who supports us, who watches the show, who listens to the podcast later. Big ups to you, Jamal and Sammy, for coming through. Y'all, are, you know, as you already know, you're always welcome guests each and every week, just like Dan last week. Just like everybody else we've had on this show, you're always welcome guests on this show. On Zoom, we can hold a bunch of people. So whenever y'all want to come through, just come through, say the word. We can make it happen. Appreciate and you. thank you personally again for Qatar for holding down the live controls tonight because, you know, a nigga in his computers is... <laughs> shit, don't be, shit, don't, shit don't be working right all the time, but... When it works, it works. So thank you for always being the backup to the team. And and make sure you also y'all are supporting Katara's Cafe. The podcasts are up there. She got two podcasts up there. Also on the website, Katara's Corner, the blog post will be up and flowing more and more coming soon. So please support that. Please support everything the network is doing. And with that being said, for everybody on the show, it's your boy, the mayor. We say peace, and we'll see y'all on the next one. Bye. All right.